It is the morning of Wednesday, September 1st, as of recording, last night at 11pm, the transfer window slammed shut, that's it, no more signings, as if there were ever going to be any signings from Liverpool, and yeah, uh, this is a on-demand recording of the Twitter space the Rednecks crew uh, recorded last night as the transfer window was coming to a close. So we get to chat all about this, this, the inevitable FSG in and out chat. There's uh, talks about the new contracts that have been signed. There's a lot of stuff in here. So give it a listen. Apologies for any audio technical difficulties. It was an absolute nightmare to get it up and running in the first place. Twitter really doesn't like our Twitter account. Uh, but we got it running in the end. And uh, this is the end result. So I'm just going to hand it over to myself now. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Empire of the Cops Rednet podcast. Uh, it's transfer deadline day. It's now currently 11 minutes past 10. So we are less than an hour until the deadline. Uh, we're cur- currently sort of got uh, Sky Sports News on in the background. Uh, Big Sam is, uh, you know, Big Sam in it up. Uh, but we're but we're here to talk about talk about uh, Liverpool's transfer dealings and uh, or, or lack of dealings, really. Um, but uh, I mean, like, let's start it off. Let's start it off with something positive. We've had like three sets of transfer. I mean, three sets of com- uh, contracts extended today. Uh, we've got Henderson, we've got Nat Phillips, and Reese Williams. So uh, let's let's start off with the most senior of the lot, Hendo uh, Farrell. I mean, this I mean, we we saw this coming because it was sort of complained about by either his camp or the internally at the club, and it kind of leaked out, and then all of a sudden again leaks that this is this is happening. Uh, but he's thirty-one years old, and this will see him through until twenty twenty-five, when he'll be thirty-five years old. Are you happy that we've now got Hendo back, like and set in stone for that time? In short, yeah, I'm very, very happy with Henderson extending his stay at the club. I think, you know, it's, it's obvious to all, as I was saying before. You know, he's 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 a huge presence on the pitch. We're a better team with him in the side than we are without. I think the stats support that. Even the eye test supports that. But obviously, I think with this sort of signing, you with this sort of contract extension, pardon me. Um, you know, there, there is the there is the question of oh well, he will be you know late late thirties by the time his contract then expires. So what's the value sort of keeping him in the club? And, and as I was pointing to before, if you look at the for anyone who's watched the Harvey Elliott interview with James Pierce, you'd you'd have seen the first name Harvey brought up um, was Jordan Jordan Henderson. Um, in terms of having been that presence in the changing room, having helped him adjust to the club, making him feel welcome. You know, it, it's. Henderson's importance isn't just his, isn't just in terms of his contributions on the pitch. It's how he makes the players feel welcome. It's how he embodies the values of the club. It's how, it, and he'll continue to do that well, you know, well into his contract. Whoever comes into the club, either via signings or through the academy, he will be that vital presence off the pitch as well as on it. So I think, yeah, in short, very happy. Uh, okay, so so you're happy. So Steve, are, are you happy as well, or is this as is it just because there's people who are sort of afraid that it might just creep on just a little bit too long that we have uh, the potential to be uh, with lots of these uh, contracts that we've been extending over the last few weeks. Uh, they have the potential to sort of drag on just a, just a little bit too long, and there's the uh, the potential of 
you know, we we end up with a lot of dead wood. I'm not saying that Jordan Henderson, one of you know the the best captains that we've had within you know at least my lifetime. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Gerard into the mix, but what I'm getting at is, do you think this could potentially last just a little bit too long? No, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, actually, a, a little bit, yeah, but you, we are talking about Jordan Anderson, captain of the club, and the, the, the injuries that he's had in recent years, he's never been really that sort of reliable uh, player for us in, in that respect. So, keeping him around for the length of time that he's got the new contract, um, I'm not particularly worried. Um, you look at the kind of role that James Milner now plays at the club and uh, Jordan Henderson will be James Milner's age when he comes to his final year in the contract. And I think that sort of shows the kind of role that we're going to be expecting to see uh, from Jordan Henderson further down the line, a bit, bit less of a playing role, which, I, you know, uh, because of his injury last season, we did see a little bit of um, more, more of an off-the-field kind of role for the captain. And I think going forward, I, I do think that is the kind of role he's going to end up with, sort of the um, the James Miller-type role that he's got right now. Yeah. I mean, there's also, I mean, obviously, it hasn't been discussed in any of the, um, any of the pieces uh, that we're reporting on it. This is just pure speculation. But, you know, there's always the uh, prospect of him staying on as a coach um, that, you know, he could, you never know, he could end up at Sunderland. I feel like we've had these, we've had these chats already on the, on the podcast, but it's just, you know, it, the last year apparently is performance based, uh, appearance based, sorry, um, whether he gets that final year extension or not. Um, so if it does appear that he's not featuring an awful lot, then that might be the end of his career at Liverpool and he might have to move elsewhere. But, you know, speaking of players that have had uh, contract extended and, you know, might eventually have to seek uh, a club elsewhere, Nat Phillips uh, today, out of nowhere. I mean, this morning it was reported that uh, by James Pearce that it looked like he was going to leave the club. Uh, he was valued at around £12 million. And, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's staying and we've extended his contract. A bit completely out of left field, Farrell. Uh, what, what was your take on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm completely honest, I think at the start of the window, off the back of the season he'd had, you know, I, I think he could easily do a job for any sort of mid, mid-table, potentially slightly higher side in, in the, uh, the English top flight. So I'm, su- I'm surprised. Not, nothing's been sorted for him in that regard. I'm delighted because I think I, I, pers- I personally, I think many of the fans would have been gutted if he'd left the club. You know, having around, you know, as a, you, you, you're frankly not going to get a bit a better fifth choice centre back anywhere else. I, I think, frankly, I mean, he's obviously good enough to be anyone sort of third or fourth. But you know, if you look at the quality we've got now in terms of that, that, just that sheer defensive depth, and then you've got Nathaniel Phillips, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be at the club, but I'm pleasantly surprised he's ended he's ended up staying. You know, as I said, I think he can do a job for a sort of a mid-table Premier League side. Yeah, I mean, there's there's rumours around him going to Sheffield United, um, and obviously they never materialised. Uh, James Pearce was saying that the club valued him at about twelve million pounds. Um, so if he was going to leave, that's the the figure that they were looking for, and obviously. With him staying, they didn't get that offer at least earlier, early enough in the day, to make it worthwhile uh, pushing further. So you know, looks like he's 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 here for good. Uh, Steve, I mean, it's uh, he's been a been a good servant over the years, and it's, it's a good thing that he's he's finally reaping some reward. 
after uh, you know being thrown in at the deep end like he has. Uh, are, you, are you happy that we're sort of keeping around fifth choice centre backs? Because I mean that's club like depth that I don't really think we've had over the recent years in terms of senior players. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I I love it. It's it's a bit romantic. Um, I, I think some fans will certainly see it as a bit romantic. They'll look at it and think, why have we extended the contract of a fifth-choice centre-half? But I think it goes back to what you're saying in terms of that depth. And, you know, last season, you couldn't have predicted that the three senior-most centre-halves would have been struck down before January. And then we were left with, you know, two lads who we, you know, relatively inexperienced. And now Phillips is now, you, you couldn't say the same thing uh, now, uh, 12 months later about Nat Phillips. If he was thrust into the spotlight again this season, you know, you're talking about a player who's got quite a bit of experience in the Premier League under his belt. And yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled I'm sticking around. And, you know, I thought to myself, I'll have a little look to see when Joao Matip's contract runs out because I thought maybe Nat sort of iron up that role of fourth choice. I thought, oh, maybe Joel's not got too long on his contract with his injury record. He might not get a new deal, but Joel's got three more years on his contract. And I thought, I, you know what? There is something about Nat. He's, he's came into the side and he's, he's dealt with responsibilities that you wouldn't expect him to be dealing with. You know, he wouldn't have expected it. And he, he fancies himself and keeping him around the club keeping a player of that sort of mindset around the club, I think it's great. And, you know, he, he deserves a bump in wage for what, what happened last season. Um, you know, a, a part of me thinks, you know, it's obvious. If he'd have signed for someone like Sheffield United, he'd be playing pretty much every week. But obviously, he's staying at Liverpool. He's fighting for his place. And to be honest with you, fifth-choice centre-half, you're not going to get a better fifth-choice centre-half, I don't think. I, think. I think it's great for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've, I've seen reports elsewhere that have said uh, that Klopp sees a lot of himself in uh, in young Nat, and it's just sort of you know the the way that he uh, just sort of he's just had to be like I said thrown in the deep end, and he's and he's still come up with his head above the water, and he's you know signing this contract's basically set him for for life, really. I mean, it's not you know it's not going to be the mega wages that a Van Dyke is going to be on. But, you know, as someone who, let's face it, wasn't ever going to hit the heights of the Premier League, um, you know, so the, 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 uh, we haven't got any figures, but you know that it's, I mean, he was still on like a youth contract, essentially. Um, so, you know, anything is, is better than that. And, you know, I, I just, I'm, 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 personally, I'm really happy for him. Um, David Lynch has said that the, the club were keen to give him a wage bump to reward his efforts. And, you know, that's... There's no suitable offers, uh, but the thing is, um, I'm going to butcher the name now. Uh, Nation uh, Nakari, uh, who's uh, who writes for the Guardian, uh, he says uh, on Twitter, "Love Nat Phillips, but given a four-year deal for a fifth-choice centre back is weird to say the least. At least he talks about whatever opportunities come my way. Even he's not expecting to play much, and he needs to play." Hopefully, an offer comes to him in January. And you know, if if an offer did come along in January, I, you know what? You you've done a job for us, and if if it means more regular game time, then cool. You know, we've got we can always go back to the uh, to the academy and try and pluck someone out. If you know, we end up in a, another dire situation, but I highly doubt that lightning strikes twice in the way it did. Uh, speaking of ex academy graduates, uh, Reese Williams. 
uh, he's been given a, a new long-term contract, although we don't have any specifics. Uh, and he's gone straight on loan to Swansea uh, after 19 senior appearances last season. Uh, Steve, go back to you. Uh, you know, Reese Williams, that's a, a, a loan at Swansea. It's not, it's not a bad move, is it? No, not at all. And and you know he's gonna he's gonna get the same kind of benefits that you'll have seen from Harvey Elliott last season. The the league's gonna toughen him up a little bit. It's not something that uh, Reese has struggled with over the years, but it'll certainly help him playing in in a bit more of a um, physically demanding league and playing uh, more regularly for Liverpool. I think last season he might have made nineteen appearances in all competitions, which is a hell of a lot more than he's probably expecting. But obviously this coming season he can be expected to play about forty games. Uh, for Swansea I, I think it's great um, he, he's obviously just 20 years of age you know going forward I'd like to see how uh, how much he improves um, and the contract as well uh, according to um, Paul Gorst at the Echo and uh, James Pierce at the Athletic uh, it will run until 2026 so it's a five five year deal that he's signed oh, wow. yeah, that is long term. so I mean that will take him to the age of you know 25 going on 26 which is a year older than Matt Phillips is at the minute uh, I think it sort of says how much Jürgen uh, likes the look of Reese, and to be honest with you his story in football the fact that he played uh, at a non-league level very recently uh, it's just it's it's what football's all about. You love to see players like that succeed. And, you know, he he done himself proud last season and he's earned his new contract. And and you know what? I'm happy for him. Same same for Nat. I'm happy for both of them and they deserve what's going for them now. I mean, Farrell, I mean he's got a lot of growing to do if he were ever to try and force his way into a more senior role at the club. Uh, do you think that, you know, we've seen him in a Liverpool shirt for the last time or do you think that this like long-term contract is actually worth what it is and it's not just sort of to keep his value up? Look, there's a double benefit to this, obviously. And it's um, in, in the same extent, you could argue with Nathaniel Phillips, people going, well, it's a fifth-choice defender. Why, why are you extending a contract of a fifth-choice defender? Well, he's, he's, he's a relatively valuable fifth-choice defender. You know, e- even if it doesn't work out and the club don't get as much use as him. He goes, what well, you know, I'm, I'm good enough. I'd like some minutes elsewhere. You, you've smartly protected his value by handing him a long, handing him a lo- relatively long-term contract. Anyone that comes in then has to pay, you know, that sort of fee of 10 million, 10 plus million. And in the same respect with with Reese Williams, you've protected his value additionally. Now he's only 20 years old, but as as we've said, so I think it's not far far from being his his last appearance. Um, in a Liverpool shirt, though he'll certainly have, you know, top top competition um, going forward. You've got, you know, Joe Gomez, Ibrahim Panate, but no, I, I think far far from being his last um, sort of appearance in a Liverpool shirt. But he does need that sort of spell, you know, potentially to toughen him up a bit and and just seeing when he comes off the back of that, you know, like, like as as you pointed out, lads, you know, like Harvey Elliott's come off the back of the Championship. Everyone was like, oh, he'll only get a few few minutes maybe in the cup competitions, maybe. You know, has has that breathtaking first performance in the league, and everyone's been like, you know, well, you know, he should be seriously considered as a potential starter for like league fixtures, you know, let alone cup fixtures. So, yeah, no, I think as an as an absolute minimum, it's it just makes business sense because you are protecting the value. So if it does come to a situation where you don't see him in the club's long term future, you've protected his value. You can you can sell for a, for a profit. So I think. In my opinion, not the last time we'll see him, but a smart move by the club. Uh, we've 
I'm just looking now. Um, so a few hours ago, Neil Jones broke the news that two, as of un, uh, as of yet, unnamed championship clubs are interested in a loan of Shea Ojo. Um, he uh, one apparent. Well, according to quite a few rumors that I'm seeing popping up on Twitter, one of those clubs is Millwall. Um, so you know, I, I mean, Shea Ojo is one of those players that, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think, but like I'm, I, I'm happy to see uh, another. You know, like, basically, you're happy to see anyone get more regular minutes, like regardless of what level it is. You know, sometimes you want them to be as high up as possible, but just getting some minutes is always better than none. Um, and, and sort of sitting away on a bench. So I think, basically, overall, I think the general consensus is that we're happy, we're happy for everyone with all these new contracts. We're happy for the club. Um, I think the last one now that we need to get over the line is Salah, which is you know the obvious um, hurdle. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of when is that coming. Uh, James Pierce said that he's the next one in line, and the talks are ongoing. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a deal done today. Uh, it's uh, it could be that you know it's a few days after the window, and then they release out the news that. You know, he signed a, a new contract. Uh, Farrell, are we are we getting a bit, you know, itchy itchy ass about this? A bit uh, sticky, uh, squeaky bum time. That's the one. Squeaky bum time. Uh, sticky bum time. <laughs> sticky bum time. <laughs> Completely different scenario. Ooh. I think that the general, um, I suppose, consensus that seems to be coming out um, of the club is that the, the the character of the talks seem to for now touch word be positive, so I think you know as you pointed out it's not something that needs to be done right now as of this moment. Um, obviously for the the sake of our own sort of anxiety levels, it's something we'd love to see done in the near future. Um, but the, there has, doesn't seem to be much suggesting that you know talks are close to breaking down. Like, as we've seen with, with Henderson's contract, there was this whole faff during the international during the Euros. Where the, you know there was speculation that uh, Henderson was you know having problems with the club with what they were offering, and then you, you get you know sort of I think Kevin, Kevin Phillips came out the other day, and he, he's obviously close with Henderson's dad, and uh, he sort of said well, it's all nonsense. Obviously, you know anyone who knows Henderson will know you know his character. He's not he's not money, money, money. He, you know he, he's he's a good servant of the club. You know, um, so I, I think there's. I wouldn't necessarily worry about this right now, but obviously, you know, two years left on the contract, you don't really want to see this sort of drag on till the next summer. So not one to worry about now necessarily, but I'd be um, perhaps getting a bit nervous if this sort of dragged on towards January. Um, just going to, you know, put pause on on, uh, on Salah Talk for a second. Uh, breaking news, Hector Bellerin is set to join Real Betis on loan. Uh, that's the, the breaking news on, on Sky right now. And that is with 25 minutes left to go of the window. Uh, Steve, I mean, do do you think that the Salah contract news will come out today as another sort of, you know, FSG sort of pushing pushing that to try and get fans on side? Or are we just expecting it to come through just when it's done? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the club doesn't sort of do these things at the drop of a hat. And obviously, Jordan Henderson getting announced today was a little bit eyebrow raising, of course. It's, it's been something that's been in the pipeline for a little bit of time now. Um, certainly, there was reports uh, well over a week ago, uh, nearly two weeks ago, that was claiming that a deal was pretty much agreed. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's no coincidence. I don't think that it was announced today on deadline day. I think, I think the club, um, obviously the club, are aware. Um, in my opinion, that not much is going to be happening today uh, tonight. I don't think we're going to get any late drama. And yeah, a way for FSG to sort of you know appease those fans that will be annoyed at the bus- the lack of business towards the end of the window because it's been it's now been what three months since we uh, made the announcement for Ibu Kanate it's a long time to go without a mm. transfer when you know fans fans like to see new players it's one of them things and you know when you're seeing the likes of Ronaldo Grealish and, and Lukaku getting new deals going to rivals it, it, it's hard to watch um, so yeah I mean I, I can seriously imagine that over the next um, week, maybe mm-hmm. maybe even as soon as tomorrow. I, I don't I don't know anything, of course, but like, yeah, it, it'd be an easy way for the club to sort of appease those fans. And uh, why wouldn't they do it? You know, they've done this kind of thing before, where they've sort of flipped it on us and gone, "Oh, you can't complain now. We've give you something nice." And yeah, I mean, to be honest, and I'll be one of those fans. I'll celebrate Salah's contract like a new signing because he's one of the best players in the world, and his long-term future at the club is is unmatchable. Yeah, I think we kind of forget that as as fans, just because you know we've kind of almost been been spoilt by how good some of these players are. That when they do renew the contracts, it's it just it's sort of like okay. So what we have in later on for food, you know, it, it just doesn't really register in some respects. Um, but uh, yeah, a seller, I mean, you don't get players of seller's quality uh, agreeing to, to stay at your club very often. So like that is something that we need to, you know, when it happens, hopefully it'll happen. Uh, it'll, we need to, you know, actually properly celebrate. Um, so I just want to sort of take a step back from uh, transfer news for a second and then we'll get right back into it because there's something I want to sort of bring up but at the same time it relates to something else so Bobby's uh, injury there was a few uh, rumours that I've seen uh, like sprinkled around on on Twitter and whatnot about uh, it was rumoured that he was going to be out for two to three months although today Paul Joyce put that to rest and said that uh, Firmino is another uh, is to have further assessment on the hamstring injury but initial diagnosis is that it's not serious so you know, isn't Firmino being injured again? It's not a great sign for when we need cover during Afcon. But you know, are we are we really you know worried about this, uh, Farrell? Well, I think as it stands, um, if I'm wrong, I believe it'd be only the the, the couple of games that we that we'd lose um, both uh, Salah and uh, Mane for. So obviously, still important. You know, six points could be the the difference between <laughs> potentially a, a title. You know, it's a huge amount of points to play for. Although I believe our, the opposition we face at that point in time is is compar- comparatively weaker uh, to some of the opposition we've already faced, for example, in Chelsea. But I, I think it, it ultimately it ultimately depends, doesn't it? If you, if you got we, we saw from the start of the season, you know. Like every every single one of Liverpool for, Liverpool's forwards have got on the score sheet, so I, I know there are concerns, and there's right to be those concerns for when they do go do go do go off to the African Cup of Nations. Um, though if we only do miss them for the couple of games, it may not necessarily be as big as a disaster as some are suggesting. Um, the main concern, as as you have rightly pointed out, is injuries. 
um, where we stand to lose uh, that quality for a far longer period of time. Um, again, if you keep those four main options, Salamano, Jota and Firmino, fit for the vast majority of the season, you, you'd probably, you know, you'd back Liverpool to be in a pretty good position by the end of the season, fingers crossed. So it's just as you say, avoiding those major injuries. I So... I, I, I have a, I've got a conspiracy theory uh, that I'm sort of really sort of clinging on to here. So a few days ago, like one of our sister sites, uh, Caught Offside, reported that Femi Aziz, who's a Reading forward, he's 20 years old. Uh, apparently, we were were linked to him. Uh, we were prepared to offer a 75,000 uh, pound uh, a week contract, um, but he ended up with a soft tissue injury on Monday, yesterday, uh, and he's out for two to three months. So obviously he would fail a medical if, if the deal would to have gone through. So this is this is why I, I believe that this is the backup forward signing that could have actually have gone through had, you know, this injury not have happened and we'd be here with a, a new uh, a new toy to celebrate, uh, potentially. Uh, he, he definitely sort of fits the 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 FSG mold of young player, just sort of bringing them through the ranks. Like he, he very much re- would remind me of, although he hasn't had the the plaudits that Elliot had at the time that we signed him. It still feels like one of those kind of potential signings that had it have happened, uh, it's definitely one for the future. But it's like you know, he could definitely play cup game straight away and. You could see him slowly getting brought into the fold, especially if Afcon comes around. Uh, Steve, do you know much about Femi? I, I don't know a great deal about Femi Aziz. I mean, I've I've probably watched a, a handful of games, and that's one handful of games, I'd say. What I remember of him was that he was he had a bit of pace about him. He looked quite sharp. Other than that, I, I can't remember too much about him. But in terms of his statistics, when you look at his age and sort of the the, the money that was getting talked about in terms of uh, the kind of player, it does seem like he would have been um, one of those players that had come into the fold, like you say, would be uh, that option that uh, option for the Cups. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he would, certainly wouldn't be a player that would be slotting into the first team, very much one for the future, uh, like you say. An interesting link, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I it mean, definitely, if, like I said, it, it definitely matches the profile. I mean, we've yeah. seen these kind of links being made before. Uh, just to give you some background, so far this season, obviously before the injury, he'd scored two goals in four appearances. So that's like you know, zero point five five goals per ninety. Um, he's last season uh, he made they had ten goals. 18 appearances in all comps but the bulk of those were in Premier League 2 Division 2 under 23s so it's like you know very sort of like he's scoring goals for fun but it's you know not the strongest of leagues uh, but he is contracted until uh, June 30th 2020 and he shares the same agent as so you know Liverpool have a relationship there of some kind with the agents uh, transfer market value him at ninety thousand pounds, which you know, probably looking at a hundred or something like that, just rounded it up to a, a figure that you know a, a big Premier League club comes along. That's what you kind of expect. Uh, Farrell, do you know do you know much about this kid? I mean, I'm not expecting you to say yes. No, in, in all honesty, not one I'm sort of completely familiar with. Um, 
obviously sort of base statistics. I believe he you know made his debut uh, last season. He's sort of worked his way now into the first team uh, this term. Got two goals in the opening four championship games. Not a bad return, really, if you're thinking that as your sort of first you know, serious starting season. Um, yeah, and other than that, sort of as as Steve said, familiar with you know pace and that sort of thing. But you know, going off going off the numbers, you'd you'd be relatively impressed with a lad of his age. Uh, but no, not 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 enough to know sort of tactically whether he'd be a good fit. But again, he's 20 years of age. You know, that sort of thing can be can be coached in. Yeah, it looks like he. I mean, it, it looks like he hit the ground running. That's the annoying thing. And then he gets this injury, and now he's out for two to three months. Um, you know, he's pretty much in the exact same situation as Bobby. Um, so yeah, so I mean, obviously that could have happened today, but because of an injury, it's not. Um, so another thing that I wanted to pick up on is in the Echo today, uh, they had a quote from a club source who's gone unnamed and it says uh it's about the, the targets who we think are good enough they need to be available and at a reasonable price uh and a response sorry at a responsible price and responsible doesn't mean cheap we know it's not popular on social media but we won't buy just to satisfy people's irrational lust for a transfer Anyone we can buy in midfield needs to be good enough in order to uh, to get uh, get ahead of Fabino, for Henderson, Thiago, Keita, Ox, Milner, Curtis, and now Harvey. We would ask people uh, demanding a midfield signing. How much do you think a player who's good enough to get in ahead of those boys costs, and how readily available are they? So those are some fighting words from whoever it is inside the club who said that. Um, obviously, it's like sort of off the record, but the Echo have sort of published it anyway. Um, I mean, Steve, what do you make of that? Well, first and foremost, just got a notification through on my phone there that Che Ojo has completed a season-long loan move to Millwall. That is just uh, breaking news now. It's been confirmed by the club. If you want to check your social feeds, it is there. Che Ojo to Millwall is done. Uh, to answer your question, Rick... Um, well, the, I mean, the, the first person that comes to my mind is Saul Nigueth. Obviously, you're talking about a player who's gone to Chelsea for, I think it was €5 million, Euros, five yeah. million pounds, and you think to yourself... I was going to get to that later, but yeah, OK, let's, let's, let's jump in on that. He, he kind of really jumps out to me as, as, as an option there. Um, but basically, what, what the Liverpool insider, who's unnamed, of course they are, because um, obviously the club can't be seen saying these things... Um, they basically came out and said, listen, real football isn't like FIFA kids. And that's basically what they've said. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit insulting, to be honest with you, because oh, yeah. you can see players like, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, like you say, but you can players like Saul, players like Renato Sanchez, these players are available for loan. These are today, Fabrizio Romano uh, has been talking about Renato Sanchez, saying he's available for loan. Wolves could be getting him. That seems to have now fallen apart. Saul Niguez, another player there, going to Chelsea on loan, it seems. Uh, he's he's given the here we go on Twitter and all that, so I assume that's over the line or near enough over the line. These are two players who come into the squad and they'd compete you know, they wouldn't start over Fabinho and Thiago, maybe not. But they'd certainly come in, they'd compete and they'd offer something. So that would be my rebuttal to this unnamed source speaking to the Echo. I mean, frankly, I don't think uh, whoever it is that's spoken to the Echo should ever make a 
sort of a, a, a comment like that to the press again. I mean, I might find out that in the end of the day, that was actually Michael Edwards who said that. We won't know uh, because of the nature of it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's... I saw someone today, uh, I, I think it was uh, Backseatsman, who's uh, one of these sort of in-the-know uh, Twitter accounts, and he, he was saying that basically, you know, saying that we won't be getting depth, depth um, because it's an irrational lust for a transfer. I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, that's not... I mean, we just want to make sure that we are secure in in every position that we can be, especially after a season like last season where we had just people just collapsing and <laughs> literally every week it was like, oh, who's injured now? And yeah, to go from one extreme to, you know, uh, you know, you just want to transfer because you want a new shiny toy, which is essentially what they're saying. It's just like, it's a smack in the face, really. And I mean, we might as well get into the FSG in and out conversation i think go on, you know, yeah here we go here we go on a day to say here we go literally half of the listeners are going to disappear no matter which way i, I say you never know that's ten, ten and a half minutes till deadline day ends here we could still sign mbappe and change our minds <laughs> no I, I was gonna say um i I am sort of, I've said it today on, on Twitter, I'm, I'm sort of FSG concerned is the way to basically say. I'm not FSG in, I'm not FSG out, I'm FSG concerned. Um, I'm concerned about the direction of the club. However, at the same time, I don't think you're going to find better owners. Like, you know, if you want someone who wants to do all the things that the FSG out group uh, want in terms of signing players with ridiculous figures. You know, the only way you're going to get that is by turning to a oil baron or Russian oligarch. You know, there aren't that many uh, people who, you know, there aren't that many groups filled with billionaires who could afford the club, got their money through nefarious means mm. so you know whilst i would a different set of owners just to sort of really put us in a competitive position compared to manchester city for example who can just spend money like no tomorrow and just get away with it um at the same time it's like okay but who are you gonna get and uh, and to, to be fair to this club source at the uh, that the echo have spoken to it's a similar sort of sentiment of like okay but who are you gonna get in the difference is that like as steve pointed out there's like sal there who you know chelsea have just picked him up for five million on loan with an option to buy uh, but apparently his wage demands were too high for lfc maybe that might have broken the uh the the wage brackets that we've got going on i don't know i mean i'm not an insider at the club i'll never know um but i just feel like you know there's there's a chance that we could be in a slightly better position overall but at the moment that's not going to happen with fsg but who are you going to get in 
Farrell, dare I ask which side of the fence you sit on, or are you sat firmly on it like I am, with a wedge up your ass? It's as you say, I think, whichever side of the fence, even if you are straight, blanket down the middle, you, you're going to... I think the, the thing I often find is going down the middle often upsets both sides. Um, so <laughs> I think whichever side of the debate you sit on, you're going to upset someone. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that... You know, I'm firmly of the opinion, I think they've done a lot of good for the club. I'm also of the opinion, you know, they've done a lot of, um, well, naughty would be putting it very, very lightly. Um, they've, they've done a lot of bad things as well. So I think you've got you've got to judge them on you know, the whole the whole time they've been here at Liverpool. And, you know, I know the argument is, you know, Jurgen Klopp is mainly responsible for bringing about the sector. You've got key figures behind the scenes like Michael Edwards, who are mainly responsible for bringing out the success. But it's FSG that have appointed them. You know, at the end of the day, this is this is this is come about as a direct result of their um, stewardship of the club, as much as it is, as it is well, Klopp's success and the players' success and, and the recruitment team's success more broadly. Um, yeah, as you say, this is the thing. If, if you ask anyone, well, who who else would you want beyond FSG? Name name me a specific group that would do a better job at Liverpool without without turning to, as you say, an oligarch or you know. An organisation with more money than sense. Um, who who would you turn to? I mean, I to? I have one potential answer for that, but it's a scenario which hasn't played out yet. And I'm just, I mean, I might sound like a tinfoil hat guy, but like, if this whole GameStop thing blows up, man, then you know, you know, we might have like an army of Liverpool fans who might be able to band together with their newfound billions and buy the club. Who knows? Uh, Steve, where do you where do you fit on the fence? Well, I mean, first and foremost, we get in Paul McCartney to take over Liverpool. One of you know the <laughs> the richest musician of all time. Bring it, bring him in. Uh, he'll sort the club out. He's 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 quite fond of the Reds. Um, to to, an, to answer your very very difficult question, um, yeah, I mean, you know, before they reverse the Super League stuff, and you know, I'm going to kind of move away from transfers a little bit in this chat here but you know when they reversed the Super League stuff a lot of the hard feelings that I had towards them sort of um, evaporated slightly but they lost a lot of trust from me and and you know I, I can't mm. I can't speak for everybody but I know I speak for a good number of Liverpool fans when I say that I don't trust FSG anymore they obviously they know how to run a business they know how to do it successfully they know how to appoint the correct people um, well, they don't. They do not understand the club and its models no. and the way that the. I understand that when the other five teams from the big six, they call it in the Premier League, when they stepped forward and decided to take part in this, there was obviously the feeling that Liverpool couldn't be left behind. But it would have just been nice to be the club that went, you know what? No, that's not football. And maybe it's a little bit romantic, but I like to be a bit romantic, especially about the football club that we all love, you know what I mean? It, yeah. I would have loved to have been the one big club in the league that just went, no, we're not joining this. And I don't mean someone like Everton or Leeds United saying, no, we're not joining, because they were probably never invited anyway. But, you know, <laughs> if we're being honest, they probably weren't, you know what I mean? It's a surprise that you've seen the likes of Arsenal and Spurs there. They would not have had a good time in the Super League. But, um, yeah, it would have been nice to be that one club that was just defiant against these things. As Liverpool, as a fan base and as a football club, has always been a little bit defiant. And 
when they did that, you know, along with the ticket prices and you know the problem problematic stuff over uh, the lock the, the the serious lockdown period at the beginning of the pandemic, where they sort of you know there was issues with contracts and staff and stuff like that, and people were getting laid off and things, and it was a bit of a mess. Um, there's just a few things I just I just don't trust them, but. They run a business well, and you know, like Farrell says, who would you rather have? And realistically speaking, Paul McCartney's not going to buy the club, so it's <laughs> it's it's diff- it's difficult to see better options out there. It's a case of like, you know, there's a, there's a line from Alan Partridge um, where he, he says something. I think he, he's quoting Bond, but he's doing a little bit incorrectly, and he says, "Oh, well, you're sexy, but I don't trust you." That's a little bit how I feel like have to be, you know. <laughs> I, 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 you've now got me hyped for a double announcement of Paul McCartney there holding a, a Liverpool flag or a Liverpool scarf, um, and Hey Jude playing, and Jude Bellingham is there as the new <laughs> signing. I mean, that's just like you know PR gold right now. Uh, so we've got two minutes to go uh, until the end of the window. Uh, Serge Aurier and Tottenham have mutually terminated contracts. Which is like okay, um, but yeah, I mean, so okay, so to to recap uh, the players that we've got in, we had Ibrahim Akanate uh, and no one else, and then going out, we've got Liam Coyle who's been released, Joe Hardy who's been released, Abdi Sharif who's been released, Jack Walls who's been released, Adam Lewis who's gone to Livingston on loan. Wijnaldum, who's left on a free. Sepp Vandenberg, who's gone to Preston on loan. Semi Sa- uh, Remy Savage, who's gone to Newcastle. Um, Paul Glatzel, who's gone to Tranmere on loan. Uh, Grabara, who's gone to Copenhagen. M- Liam Miller, who's gone to Baal. Uh, Gruwich, who's gone to Porto. Uh, Iowani, who's gone to uh, uh, Union Berlin. Harry Wilson, who's gone to Fulham. Uh, I, 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 I names butcher them. Even the academy lads that I should know how to pronounce. Uh, Odrinsky, Odrinsky. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, has gone to uh, Carnival Town again. Print like ah. butchering left, 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 right, centre. Polish That's gone on loan. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Leighton Clarkson has gone to Blackburn on loan. Ben Davies has gone to Sheffield United on loan. Ben Woodburn has gone to Hearts on loan. And Shakiri has gone to Leon. And also, as of today, Shea Ojo has gone to Millwall. And uh, Reese Williams has gone to Swansea on loan. So that's a hell of a list of people who have gone out. And, you know, that's, I mean, a lot of those are. Like people who have actually left the club, I can't remember how much we've actually earned. Um, but I mean, like surely with with Shakiri as well, um, the, you know, you're getting a little bit of money for Ben Davies. On even though it's just a loan, he's pretty much practically paid for himself already. You know, the, we've been quite savvy with the the players that we've let go and the money that's come in. But surely there should have been enough there for, like, you know, just a, a Saul on loan, free up some money to spend on his wages, even though he was complaining. Well, like, apparently, allegedly, um, his his wage demands were too high for, for LFC. Um, I mean, Steve Farrell, I mean, it's... it's you, we know already what the answer is going to be. But, like, okay, Steve... 
are you happy with how this window has turned out? <laughs> uh, not entirely. I'll be honest with you, it could have been worse. We've secured the futures of some of our best players, which, you know, can't be can't be overlooked. And obviously with Canate's deal being announced back in May, it feels like we signed them last season. Uh, we're still yet to see him play. You know, we're seeing Harvey Elliott come through. Unfortunately, Nico Williams has been injured, so any sort of motions that he had to leave the club has been stopped. So Trent's got an understudy, at least until January. So, you know, there is a little bit of leeway there in terms of the depth. But no, uh, I can't say I'm completely satisfied. I mean, looking at transfer market, uh, the Cody UK there, you can see that um, Liverpool has spent £36 million, uh, which is uh, just Canate. And... um, uh, through nine uh, departures, the club has made roughly 25 million. So that's, you know, um, two thirds, three quarters of, of the fee. So you would imagine that there is some money there to bring in a player. And I think the club has missed a trick in bringing in a young, hungry forward. I think we really mm. needed that depth. Uh, Divica Rigi, don't get me wrong, love the fella. But his form has fell off a cliff last season. It was a shadow of Divock Origi. I, I don't. It was like someone dressed up as Origi and pretended to be, and he couldn't hit a barn door. Which in previous years he's been laser sharp. He's came, you know, he's came off the bench and done mad things that's brought him into the club's history. But he's just not that player anymore. Doesn't seem to have it in him. He might need a fresh move away. And you know, Jurgen Klopp's mentioned the fact that Ox can play up front, which doesn't really you know, excite me. And I can't imagine Jürgen decided over the summer, do you know what, I'm going to put a midfielder up front. I, I can't really see him thinking that way. He's not watched Pep Guardiola and thought, Godongan done quite well. I'm going to put Ox up front. That's not the way that works. You know, Takumi Minamino, I'm hoping he absolutely smashes it this season because to be honest with you, I think there's going to be a few points we're going to need him. And you mentioned there about Taiwo Owonii, uh, who signed for Union Berlin. Um I think that could be a missed trick for Liverpool there as well. He's, he's playing really well over there and he played well over there last season. He's the kind of player that I've just described, young and hungry, and I would have liked to have seen him given a chance. He finally got his UK work visa. It would have been great to see him get a run at least until January. He had so much interest in Germany and that wouldn't have gone in the space of four months. Yeah, it's it's mad. But I mean, so... I, I think it's it's safe to say that the the fan base is more fractured after today than it was yesterday at the beginning of the window you know this time last season like Farrell, where do we go from here how do we as a fan base unite is it literally as simple as get rid of FSG or is it like to get you know the FSG outers on board, or is it literally what uh, the uh, Glazers have done, which is literally to spend their way into the good books? Well, see, this is the thing. You know, if, if we'd ended the window with an extra two signings, you know, addressing the forward line, addressing the midfield, we definitely have, I think, quite a few more fans to be uh, a bit more on side with the ownership. I don't think the solution is to drive. FSG at the club, although they've you know they've got to do a lot to sort of build up that level of the trust has been lost, as Steve's rightly pointed out. Um, for now, of course, the solution is to sort of band behind the team as far as, as you know as far as possible because we, we are all supporters at the end of the day. And the reality is, well, the window's closed now. You know, we, we can moan about this, we can you know have a go at the owners, but this isn't going to be a situation that's going to be changed until the January transfer window. 
if there are some who's lined up for that. Um, so yeah, as I say, just support the team. I think I'm, I'm, I'm wistly on this. I'm a bit disappointed. I'm, as, I, as I've said earlier, I've, you know, we've all written about this several times. The expectation was that we'd sign at least one midfield or one forward, or ideally both, uh, which I think we I think we were agreement on we needed. Um, you never know. Again, you're looking at last season. I think a lot of the concerns stretch from that season and the, the sheer horrific scale of injuries, which, you know, if, if you're looking at it reasonably, you're thinking it's unlikely it will happen again. Uh, you'd be hugely unlucky to see it happen again. But yeah, I think, you know, get behind the club. You know, FSC have a lot of work to do, but I think the solution isn't getting rid of them. Well, I think it's a bit obvious now that we're like at uh, five minutes past or six minutes past 11 uh, as a recording. So the the window is well and truly shut. Uh, I'm going to do one last refresh of Twitter just to make sure that I haven't missed any amazing last minute signings. Loris Carius is still a Liverpool player. I think that sums it all up. Uh, So thank you uh, once again for listening. Uh, you can join us uh, every week on the Red Nets podcast, which is where we're going to put putting this up as a on-demand replay. If you if you you're just catching up now, uh, you can find out how to listen to the Red Nets podcast on EmpireOfTheCop.com. And yeah, so uh, I think thank you to Steve, thank you to Farrell, thank you to you guys for listening. Thank you. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Nice one. Sweet.